Hello, Duck fans! Welcome to another episode. It is a Monday edition of Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and this is going to be a review of a Locked on NFL's mock draft. Uh, they spent the entire week last week with the hosts of the college networks and the hosts of all the professional teams breaking down a mock draft, and it is really good stuff, really entertaining. Remember, the NFL draft is this weekend, and on McCormick Mondays, I'm going to be joined today by Kevin McCormick, the producer of World Renowned Sports on YouTube. You can find him on Twitter at Auctuclarus, that's at A-U-C-T-O-R-C-L-A-R-U-S. And as always, I want to thank the service workers out there who are keeping the economy open by getting us things in the stores, and also those frontline workers who are putting their lives on the line by tending to people in hospitals. We're going to start the show with a little bit of WNBA Draft. You have too much to give to stay silent. That's what he said. That's what he believed. That's what he lived. The American in front, almost a cult in the United States. He's a sort of athletic beetle. Now wait a minute. It's official. Oregon is going to be in the BCS championship game. Welcome back. This is Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and you can always find me on Twitter at the Guy. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Ducks. And also, if you want to reach out to the show, and I'd really appreciate some uh, audience participation here. In fact, I really think that uh, the podcast is best served when I get a chance to react to like our Monday mailbag segments and so forth. So go ahead and hit me up on Twitter using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. But as promised, we are joined by Kevin McCormick, the producer of World Renowned Sports on YouTube. Make sure you check him out. How you doing, Kevin? Jordan, what it do? You know, we got faces made for radio and we got voices made for silent films, but we're here doing it anyway. <laughs> even, even more so than usual. I think we were all happy to be out of work for a minute. And just a quick little vacation, that's fine. But uh, it's definitely too much of a good thing at this point, so... Uh, we're, we're, we're grinding. We're grinding. One day at a time. I wholeheartedly agree. And you know, at the top of the show, I always take a second to thank the frontline workers out there. Not only the ones who are keeping the economy open, but the ones who are risking their lives in the hospitals, taking care of folks. So really appreciate that as well. Uh, very fortunate to be able to do podcasting work at a time when uh, a lot of people can't get back to work. Um, that having been said, I want to start out with the WNBA draft, which was on Friday, which we had the pleasure of watching. And it wasn't, how should I say this? It wasn't what I expected. And I think that we got a chance to see what sporting events are going to look like. You know, the NFL draft is later this week, and that's what later the, the rest of the show is going to be about. But we got a chance to see uh, a, a virtual, not virtual, but a, but a kind of, you know, streaming uh, draft from home. Yeah, and I, I think you actually said while we were watching it that ESPN was likely using this as kind of a dry run for the the, NF, the later NFL draft because, let's face it, a lot more people watch the NFL draft than watch the WNBA draft, and there definitely were some technical issues. You know, they, they would cut to, like, athletes' houses, and they had no idea that they'd, they'd cut to them, stuff like that. So, definitely some technical issues to work out, but yeah, this I think the NFL draft will be watchable because they uh, probably had a chance to work out the kinks. 
In fact, uh, I just read uh, an SB Nation article just came out that the virtual draft in their first run, it, it got leaked that they had technical issues with the number one overall pick in their virtual draft. Oh, God. So, so <laughs> lots to look forward to yes. uh, there. But uh, really exciting stuff in the WNBA draft, Kevin. Uh, the Oregon had an unprecedented uh, three Ducks drafted in the first round. And by unprecedented, I don't mean that they've never had three Ducks drafted in the first round. I mean they've never had an Oregon Duck go to the WNBA draft in the first round. And this time we had Sabrina Ionescu at number one, Satu Sabali at number two, and Ruthie Hebert at number eight. That's pretty incredible. To, to go one and two, to have teammates go one and two, that's that's absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, like watching them play, like seeing how successful they were, it's, it certainly makes sense that that, that happened. But, yeah, it's a, a year that will be remembered uh, for many different reasons. Uh, I do want to uh, break a couple of bits of news here. I don't want to get too much in the details. I want to do a later show, of course, uh, as we follow their careers. But uh, Sabrina Ionescu, of course, number one to the New York Liberty, winds up signing a shoe deal with Nike. And um, she said that her offer from Umbro was, uh, to, like, out of respect for Steph Curry, she wanted to leave him the face of that brand. And, of course, Uncle Phil and the Eugene connection, I think she, I mean, some people probably could have predicted, but she winds up signing a shoe deal with Nike. And her jerseys sold out. Her New York Liberty jersey sold out in the first hour. That's fantastic news. You know, it's... Diana Taurasi has uh, criticized the WNBA over and over again. You know, she talks about how they haven't expanded. Like, is the, is the league really alive if it's not expanding? So it maybe Sabrina Ionescu can be that crossover star they've always needed. And, you know, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but I've never seen her play before the draft. Yeah. That girl can goddamn ball. Yeah. She is fun to watch. So if, if she becomes that, like, crossover star, like, selling jerseys like crazy like that, fantastic. That'd be that, wonderful. Wonderful news. She's uh, certainly the most high-profile female Oregon athlete, if not the most high-profile Oregon athlete. I mean, it's Steve Prefontaine. I mean, at least in, in terms of uh, star power. And the way she, I think she's going to be transformative in the US, uh, the WNBA is huge. Sure, I, I think she'll be more important to the WNBA than Justin Herbert will be to the NFL. And that's not a knock on Justin Herbert. No, exactly. Uh, Satu Sabli goes number two, and Ruthie Heber goes number eight. Like I said, I didn't want to get into too much details. But uh, the Oregon Ducks women's basketball team has three five-star recruits coming into this year's class. And with Sabrina getting drafted number, number one overall and three five-star recruits coming in, I kind of feel like Oregon Ducks women's basketball is going to be a perennial top contender. I mean, this is exactly how dynasties are built. Is You have some incredible generational talent like Sabrina, you know, add a couple more pieces to it. All of a sudden, it's a destination. Like, these great recruits want to go there. And if you're sending people to, to the professional leagues at that point, hey, that's that's how you get your Alabamas. That's how you get your, you know, Miami in the early 2000s. So, I, I think you're right. Speaking of powerhouses, and you know I hinted at this last week, and I really got into it with my during my interview with the host of Locked on Auburn about how Oregon is reshaping itself into not just a one-hit wonder every five five or eight years, but their recent hire of, and this is a little bit of breaking news, but over the weekend, they hired Brian McClendon. Now, let me be clear, they didn't technically hire him because there's a hiring freeze going on right now. But he's basically got a handshake deal that says as soon as the hiring freeze is over, uh, that he's going to go ahead and get hired. Now, what makes Brian McClendon so interesting as a wide receivers coach was the offensive coordinator at South Carolina, but he did some time at Georgia where he recruited none other than Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. Lorenzo Carter, Todd Gurley, 
And in 2014, he was 24-7 uh, sports number one recruiter in the country. Wow. So this is as much a smart move for his coaching staff because, I mean, the wide receiver's coach position been vacated for, like, almost a month and a half now. But I guess that's expected with coronavirus. But landing that kind of recruiting power uh, not only is going to really help the Ducks, but I think it reinforces this narrative I've been kind of trying to get out there that Mario Cristobal is retooling the Ducks in the fashion of an Alabama or a uh, LSU. Yeah, that's that's, that's great. Uh, I'm not going to say it's like a problem position for them, but like it's been a long time, I feel like, since the Ducks had a really like stud receiver. Like, I don't know, Josh Huff you, you can go back to, like, Ken, mm-hmm. Chip Kelly didn't even really rely on him that much. Like, right. You know, in the years since, they haven't really had, like, a name guy. They haven't had, like, a, you know, day one draft pick kind of guy. So maybe having that uh, that guy is uh, just exactly what they need. You know, you think about, like, uh, uh, Nick Saban or Ed Orgeron. That, like, they succeed at this because they're crazy people. Like, mm-hmm. I love Ed Orgeron, but they are insane. They're like, obsessed. No, normal people yeah. don't want to work that schedule, that recruiting schedule. So it's it's absolutely central to building a program like that. Absolutely. So that's, well, that's one great. Of, one of the things I think is a key feature here is not only having that elite recruiter capacity with people with connections and people who have that obsession with getting, getting in touch with the right uh, skill positions, but I said this on Friday and I'll, I'll mention it again today, is that I don't think Oregon attracts the skill positions because those people won't go on to the NFL. They know they won't go on to the NFL from a school like Oregon like they will from an LSU or Clemson. And so to change, and I, and I want to get a, a show in on the, dissecting the, the new Oregon offense under Mario Cristobal here, here in the coming, coming week, but um, retooling the offense as a more pro-style offense that, that, is, that mirrors what's going on in the NFL and getting this kind of recruiting power is going to turn Oregon into, I mean, they're already in a, a top 10 football program, but I think this is going to make them a top five program in the years to come. Absolutely. Yeah. They're the class of the Pac-12 and it's, it all comes down to what can you offer that the SEC can't. If you have NFL potential as a wide receiver, you probably want to play in the SEC because they are professional football factories. <laughs> so Oregon absolutely can get there and this is a good, good step in that direction. Good stuff here. We're going to be taking a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft, which is coming up this weekend, and going over the Locked On mock draft, the Locked On NFL mock draft, uh, for the second two segments of of this show. Uh, I'm joined by Kevin McCormick. We'll be back in just a second. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, and I'm here with Kevin McCormick, the producer of World Renowned Sports on YouTube, and we are going to discuss the Locked On NFL mock draft. And as I said at the uh, cold open, if you haven't checked it out already, please do. That's the Locked On NFL. Just type in Locked On NFL in your uh, podcast search and you'll find it. And what they did is they took every professional team, every college host, and did a mock draft and analyzed every player. And in fact, yours truly, good old Justin Herbert from Oregon, had a, uh, my apologies, uh, Pod Vader, but it was a three-minute vignette on <laughs> Justin Herbert for... Monday's show on Locked On NFL. So go back and listen to Monday through Friday's show. But now that they've completed their mock draft, uh, McCormick Mondays, uh, Kevin and I are going to discuss the mock draft. So, uh, at number one, the Bengals choose, surprise, Joe Burrow, (laughs) quarterback out of LSU. As they absolutely should. You know, with with apologies to uh, Duck Nation, I I realize we Mm -hmm. all want the homer pick here. 
this is the obvious pick to me. Um, I, in fact, the first three picks, I, I'd be very, very shocked. Something very weird would have to happen for this, th these top three to get mixed up. I, I don't see anybody other than Burrow. People say he's going to an NFL graveyard. That's not necessarily the case. You know, the teams can change fast. That's the that's the beauty of the sport is uh, teams can turn on a dime. Look at the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers were doing what uh, my man uh, Oscar Aparicio said on Better Rivals, the elegant tank, where they would win for, you know, 40 minutes and then lose the game in the end by, by three points. And <laughs> Poetry in motion, really. Yeah, that's the elegant a, a work, tank. work of art. And then with four wins one year and, uh, and playing in the Super Bowl the next year. I mean, yeah. I, I got to hand it to him. If if Chip Kelly hadn't coached there, they wouldn't have won a Super Bowl two years later. If the if Chip Kelly hadn't coached to the Eagles, they wouldn't have won a Super Bowl two years later. I mean, really, your your game plan should be to hire Chip Kelly and then wait two years. Is this show just Oregon Duck pornography? <laughs> what are we doing here? And at number two, the Redskins pick Chase Young. Number three, Jeffrey Okuda by the Lions. So like you said, these top three picks are pretty standard. My, my, my favorite stat in the world about Jeff Okuda last year was he was giving up a worse QBR than if the quarterback had just spiked the ball into the, the turf instead of trying to throw it. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah. that, that guy's going to be a generational talent, and I have to say the Lions are probably going to waste it. It's it's actually phenomenal when you think about it that in a, in a class where offensive tackles and quarterbacks are so talented that we're seeing edge rushers and D-backs and, you know, cornerbacks go at this this spot. Tells you how good they are. Yeah, they got to be good to excel in a class like this. Uh, the Locked On NFL mock draft has the Chargers trading up from number six to take the Giants' place in order to get Tua Tungavailoa, a guy they've had their eyes on from Alabama. Yeah, he's going to be great. Um, uh, you don't think the medicals are an issue? I oh, that's That would be the only thing. That would be the only thing. The, the ceiling, the projected ceiling that I'm seeing is Drew Brees, which mm -hmm. is an insane weird comparison to make to anybody. But I, I, I do think he's going to be a fantastic pro. Uh, between him and Justin, I don't see a big reason to love either guy more, frankly. Mm -hmm. you know, they, mm -hmm. they, they have very different games. I, I, I think both of these two clubs at four and five, totally happy to get either of them. And as you hinted at, at number five, the Dolphins take Justin Herbert. We know that these three quarterbacks are going in the top ten at least. I hope they go in the top five. I do think that Justin Herbert has a higher ceiling than Tua and Joe simply because of his background and the program that he played for. That if he can go as a top five quarterback coming from Oregon, no offense Oregon, if he can go as a top five quarterback from Oregon, then he's got a higher ceiling than the, the LSUs and, and Alabamas of the world. Sure. Yeah, they, they were totally different programs at the time, but uh, Oregon doesn't have a fantastic track record with, with uh, top pick quarterbacks. You think about, like, Joey Harrington, Achilles Smith. Oh, gosh, Smith. we just did the, uh, the uh, 2011 BCS championship game where uh, you and I sat down and watched Darren Thomas, who was a great college quarterback, just not be able to compete at the next level. And his, his NFL yeah. experience bore that out. Didn't, didn't nearly have the accuracy. Uh, really great in college, like you said. But to be clear, I think that all three of these guys are going to be fantastic pros. I, I think this will be one of those years like 1983 where you had like Jim Kelly uh, and John Elway and Dan Marino in the same draft or like 2004 famously. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be one of those kind of drafts. I think between these three guys, multiple Super Bowl rings. And that even reminds me of 2012, you know, Andrew Luck, RG3. Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, who, you know, got played himself into a big contract, but we also got Russ Wilson, Nick Foles, and Kirk Cousins. So I think this is going to be another 
excellent quarterback draft class. Potentially historic. I, I sure hope so, especially for, for our boy from Oregon. So next up, the Giants, who traded down from number four, which is a smart trade, by the way. They're not looking for a quarterback. Definitely. So go ahead and give whoever wants that to a, the pick. Get some draft capital. So the Giants take Tristan Wirfs at offensive tackle. Now, there was some controversy over whether or not they would take a wide receiver be, to give uh, their quarterback some weapons, but I really think protecting him is the most important thing at this point. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, this this is absolutely the pick they should make. Uh, you, especially as deep as the wide receiver class is, God, use your second, use your third pick on a receiver. You'll, you'll get a, a good guy. You're not going to get CeeDee Lamb, but you'll get a quality starter. Yeah, especially absolutely. in this draft. If you can get an anchor like Wirfs who will just be there for a decade, day in and day out, that's beautiful value for this pick. Uh, the Panthers take Isaiah Simmons at number seven from Clemson. Uh, great linebacker. The best, most, most. I, in fact, heard that um, he could be adapted to the safety position and pretty much play anywhere on the defense. And this is the kind of elite linebacker that you don't see very often go in, in the top ten. Yeah, he's, he's a total freak. And, and especially since uh, Keekley, of course, just retired uh, due to his health. You know, fair play to that guy. Uh, this is a great pick to just plug that hole. And they, they just gave um, Christian McCaffrey a billion dollars. So let's, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so you have one Hall of Famer for the last... Hopefully Hall <laughs> of Famer for... But, you know, I mean... Okay, we I think we actually discussed Luke Keekley on another episode, so I won't get into it. But <laughs> but you had a last decade with one of the best linebackers in the, in the, in the league. Why not spend the next le- uh, uh, decade with one? Next up is Jendrick Wills. Uh, who the Cardinals pick. And this was actually surprising because I expected Mekhi Becton to go ahead of him. Yeah, Becton had that crazy good combine, and everyone was like, holy God, this guy's the Incredible Hulk. But uh, I don't know a ton about Wills. Obviously, uh, Alabama, great program, produced Mm -hmm. a lot of great offensive linemen. And again, this is uh, the right pick. That's absolutely what they should do. And you got to tell me if you think this is a reach, but the Jaguars pick defensive tackle Derek Brown. Yeah, maybe. I, I think they think he's Aaron Donald, and even if he's you know seventy five percent of Aaron Donald, that's that's <laughs> yeah, a good pick. Yeah, but, better than most. Uh, you know they've already got Grady Jarrett in there, so uh, don't try to run inside on Atlanta if that's how it goes. Or Jacksonville, excuse me. Uh, the Browns pick Andrew Thomas, and again, I think this is a situation where you have a team meaning, intending, and needing to protect their quarterback. Yep. Yeah, this is a boy. This is a good offensive tackle draft too. Yeah, it is. Holy, they, holy cow! I've, I've seen mocks that have eight going in the first round. Holy cow! Look at all those LSU players too. By the way, at least that's what happens when you win the national title. But yeah, that's that, that's a good pick for uh, for Cleveland. You know, they um, they once had a guy called Joe Thomas, who they drafted I think third overall and didn't even go to the draft because he was fishing. But uh, he, <laughs> he he never missed a snap in his career because he was fishing. Never missed a snap. So. That's obviously what they're hoping for here, and that's probably the right pick. Uh, the Jets pick Makai Becton, offensive tackle again. How else are you going to avoid seeing ghosts if you're Sam Darnold <laughs> than to have a good offensive tackle? Such a, God, shades of Jim Everett, who, who once sacked himself because he was worried about getting hit. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, Becton, like I said, had that uh, total freak combine, which has led people astray before. I'm thinking uh, specifically of like Mike Mamula, drafted by your Philadelphia Eagles in 1995, right. I want to say. He was like a fourth rounder and had this crazy combine. Shot all the way up to 10th overall, sucked in the NFL, but... 
I don't think that's going to be the case with this guy. Um, he did just get popped for uh, a weed or something. I, I think I saw that. Which, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe leads you to question judgment. Obviously, we both think I it's... think that's a judgment issue. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we're talking Oregon Ducks. I, I was born and raised in Eugene. Uh, we're actually recording this on April 20th, so this is a perfect <laughs> conversation topic. But... Um, yeah, I, I think that just like, it, it, it'd be like, sh yeah, alcohol is legal, so it'd be kind of like showing up at the combine drunk. Yeah, it's it seems like such a dumb boomer position, but then when you think about it, it's like, dude, there's millions of dollars, just give it 48 hours, come on, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? drink, drink enough water to, anyway, <laughs> enough on that. So, so I, the, I think it'll be a great pro, to be, to be I do clear. too, yeah. I do too. Um, now, the Raiders at pick number 12, th this finally begins our run on, on the wide receiver group. And we have the Raiders taking C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, who I think is the best wide receiver, future Hall of Famer, I'm calling it now, uh, in this draft. Yeah, he's um, not the fastest, but he, everything else, he's certainly the best. He's, he's, but he's also fast. By not the fastest, you mean he didn't record like a in the four twos. Well, right, yeah. So he's a Mustang instead of a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, th this is this is absolutely the right pick for them. You know, if your leading receivers, your tight end is uh, Waller, I think. Right. And, you know, they they don't have or my a... man Hunter Renfro. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we all love Hunter. He's a great guy, but he's not wide receiver one. Yeah. C.D. Lamb. You know what? C.D. Lamb will improve Hunter Renfro's numbers. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward to watching Marcus Mariota throw a touchdown. Like like sixty yard touchdown passes to C.D. Lamb. Hook it to my veins. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, we're just going to do the next two because they both uh, took wide receivers. So the 49ers at number thirteen, which wonderful acquisition. I mean, I hate trading my 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 former Oregonian, my man DeForest Buckner, who the 49ers very wisely. I mean, I love DeForest Buckner, but traded him to the Colts for a number thirteen pick, and with that pick, they took Jerry Judy, wide receiver. And then next up, at number 14, the Vikings in this mock draft traded number 22 and 58 to the Buccaneers in order to get Henry Ruggs III. So the Niners' defense was filthy. They were hoarding talent. That was the, the most terrifying front seven I can remember in a good long time. And, and one of either Eric Armistead or DeForest Buckner are coming off their contract. Who are you going to keep? Absolutely. Yeah. So... They also, their leading receiver is a tight end, uh, Kittle. So yeah. th that's absolutely the right pick for them. Who, by the way, is super entertaining. If you get a chance to watch the uh, National Tight Ends Day uh, mic'd up oh, God. He's thing a, on YouTube. He's, he's the best dude ever. Like, <laughs> he is. He's, he's got a future in pro wrestling after he's done. <laughs> and Minnesota, of course, just gave up uh, digs to uh, Buffalo. So right. it's, uh, Adam Thielen's got a new, uh, new partner already. Yeah, uh, a receiver with two Gs in his last name. <laughs> the Browns. At number 15, take Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina. This is a, I, I'm not sure about this pick for the Browns, but then again, they got an offensive tackle earlier in the draft, so way to make the most of your first round, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they, they say you build uh, championships from the, the lines out, but uh, interior defensive lineman this early, I think Kinlaw's a great player, but... It's just too early for an interior defensive lineman, in my in my opinion. After like, after trading OBJ, I'm surprised they didn't go for one of the uh, elite receivers in this. Maybe it's because the top three were were gone, but absolutely. And uh, Kinlaw will be playing next to uh, Miles Garrett if that happens. And so that's uh, that line's suddenly getting pretty scary. So if I'll say that for him, we're gonna take a quick break. And when I come back, uh, Kevin McCormick and I are gonna be discussing the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and I'm joined by Kevin McCormick, the 
producer of World Renowned Sports on YouTube, and we are discussing the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. And next up, we have the Falcons at number 16, taking C.J. Henderson, cornerback from Florida. Yeah, Henderson's a great player. Uh, he's huge for a corner. He's 6'1", 204. Like, that guy can uh, stop the run for sure. And he's really, really fast. He's like sub 4'4 speed, so... Ooh, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, he's... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing him mocked as high as 9 elsewhere, so this would be a, a great pick that late. Absolutely. I think it's awesome for the Falcons. I mean, Matty Ice, it, it does have another few years in him, but to be able to build a defense that can keep the opponent from scoring and even create some turnovers is definitely going to give him uh, more longevity in this league. Absolutely. Uh, Henderson, I'd say his ceiling is probably uh, Richard Sherman. I like the sound of that. I love the sound of that. Uh, next up, we have at number 17, the Colts, who traded their number 34 and 44 pick to the Cowboys. If you remember, they gave it up in this mock draft to the Vikings. And with this pick, they wind up taking Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. Yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, there, there's a couple things that I, I don't see terribly plausible about this. Is Well, in a way, it is, it is more plausible because they just signed Phillip Rivers, who's you know there for two years, maximum, likely. So they, they... I, I mean, let's be honest. Although they never, he never won a championship, He's certainly a good person to learn behind. He's Absolutely. seen enough Absolutely. and done enough. The, the comparison I make to him is Dan Marino. I know people would be... Oh, I love that. No, 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 no. That, that's but, good. Uh, so are, do they get the guy to sit behind him now, or do they wait until next year? Like, they have plenty of other holes to fill before they take a quarterback, in my opinion. No, I think that's a good choice. Next up is the Dolphins. Speaking of Dan Marino, we got Marino's Dolphins picking Kalevon Chason, defensive end from LSU. Again, this this was the the make or break draft for for Miami. You know, they sold the farm and they got all these picks. And uh, I think Chase on he could be a really good pro uh, if he's you know a ten sack a year guy for them. I think this is a fantastic pick. Well, and they're going to have another pick uh, later on in this mock draft. And I'm really pleased to see them addressing defense because it shows that with a quarterback and and now I'm talking this mock draft, but with a quarterback like Justin Herbert and the weapons that were they were able to acquire in the offseason, what they're going to do is create a defense that can um, get turnovers. Definitely. And, and I think that's really important for, for a quarterback like Justin Herbert. So the Dolphins selecting Kalevon uh, Chase on. Now, the Raiders up again, another, another team that has, has mastered its way into several uh, first-round picks. Pick A.J. Terrell, kind of a surprise, cornerback uh, out of Clemson. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen this mocked uh, elsewhere as well, this exact pick at this exact spot. But um, interestingly enough, he played for Clemson, which is where their last year's top pick, uh, Cleland Farrell, I think is his name, also played. So I don't know if Mike Mayock has some kind of Clemson jonesing going on, but I think Terrell's a quality player, and that defense is starting to look pretty good. Definitely good. The Jaguars, uh, next up at number 20, pick Austin Jackson, offensive tackle from USC. This, uh, I feel, might have been a bit of a reach, but then again, the Jaguars are not known for their keen insight into front office management. Yeah, they're kind of a disaster. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe just this morning was fighting with his owner on Twitter, which is, the owner was engaging, to be fair. You know, the, yeah. Yannick Ngakwe is 25 years old, so... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't see Austin Jackson mocked as a first-rounder elsewhere, uh, so they have so many holes... Frankly, every every position except uh, quarterback and wide receiver as a whole. So, uh, 
I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Well, next up at number 21, the Eagles are on the clock, and they wind up picking Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State. Now, I was a little surprised at this because um, I've seen several mocks that have Justin Jefferson uh, going to the Eagles, uh, presuming they same at, stay at the same place. But I don't think Brandon Ayuk is as fast as Jalen Rieger. So I'm a little surprised when everybody's calling for speed. They take Brandon Ayuk, who is an, a, a freaking talented and outstanding wide receiver. But maybe if they're not trading up to get a C.D. Lamb, they get Brandon Ayuk and, you know, a, a, a LaVisca Chenault or something like that. Sure. And it's God, the, the receiver thing is the big wild card in this draft. Like, I've, I've seen Judy mocked as low as 21 believe it or not <laughs> uh as, as to whether this is a, a reach for Ayuk, i completely agree I, I, I think both jefferson and potentially chenault will be uh, better pro professional football players than him uh chenault everyone compares to uh debo samuel he's uh, not on this first round mock by the way which is very strange but mm -hmm. yeah uh, I, i've seen Ayuk mocked as low as the low second so this this does seem like a reach to me uh, next up, number 22, the Buccaneers choose Josh Jones, offensive tackle from Houston. Now, the Buccaneers, remember, they traded down from number 14 for this one. Yeah, well, they're the Tampa Bay Bradys, for better or worse. So, <laughs> And they, they've got plenty of uh, offensive weapons, you know, that, and that defense is still pretty good. So this pick makes sense to me. I don't know. When you have a 90-year-old quarterback, shouldn't you pick some... <laughs> Good weapons. Next up, speaking of 90-year-old uh, quarterbacks who recently got traded, the Patriots select Cesar Ruiz, center from Michigan. Now, let me just say at the outset, this seems like a total Bill Belichick pick. Like who? Like the host of Locked On, my man Mike DeBate, is going for the Bill Belichick move here. Yeah, it's a guy that no one's ever heard of in a completely unexpected move. Um, I had never heard of this guy before looking at this mock draft. I haven't seen him on any other mock drafts. Um, the guy who usually is on them and is not is... Oh, Patrick Queen is on here. I'm sorry. Uh, Chenault, you often see mocked in the first round, yeah. but not Cesar Ruiz. Um, interior offensive lineman, uh, just as I said before about the defensive tackle, you know, they say... Line, championships are built from the line out, but this just feels a little too early for a, for a center. Although, uh, one of the things that I've heard about Bill Belichick, and I think this needs to become the norm, and I can't freaking understand why every club hasn't adopted this, but you draft for two years from now. Yeah, and no, I, and absolutely. I feel like that's what he's doing, is saying, look, we are going to be acquiring a quarterback to replace Tom Brady who needs to the best center available. So what does Bill Belichick do? He investigates the best center available and uh, s for some reason misses uh, Jake Hansen and picks Cesar Ruiz. Yeah, that's that. No, that's a good point. And an another guy who's not on this mock is uh, Jalen Hurts, who mm -hmm. I could I could very much see uh, Bill taking a liking Kinda to. Kind of surprised. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number 24, the Saints, who have perhaps the most complete team in football, take... Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's the right call. If, if they have a hole, it's on defense for mm -hmm. sure. You know, the, mm -hmm. the offense will always be clicking as long as Drew's there, which I, I believe he's said this is going to be his last season. I, well, what he did was, is he said he, he's going to be an announcer, uh, a sports commentator. That's right. And, and, and I take that to mean next year. Yeah, you're not doing both jobs, that's for sure. But uh, uh, Murray's going to be a great pro, and that's, that's a great pick. I would be... It would be phenomenal if he could figure out how to do both jobs at the same time. I would, I would definitely buy that for a dollar. Next up, we got the Vikings again, selecting Christian Fulton, who I thought would be 
one of the uh, uh, behind Jeffrey o- o- Okuda, the next quarterback dra- uh, cornerback drafted. Same. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people uh, mock him to the Eagles. Also, um, I, I I think he's he's gonna be great. Uh, and that's yeah. What else are you gonna gonna say? Right? I, I, did they just trade Xavier Rhodes? Yeah, and they're definitely gonna be looking for a replacement uh, at that position. Next up, twenty six, the Dolphins again. The not so elegant take uh, tank taking who I think this is someone whose draft stock has soared in the last month or two, and that's Grant Delpit at safety. The first safety to come off the board, and I think a wise choice by the Dolphins. Yeah, maybe a bit of a reach. You don't see him mocked in the first in uh, many mm-hmm. uh, many other mock drafts. But, uh, man, I don't know. These these guys that are like combine warriors, so, like, it's such a dicey proposition. I don't know. But I like what the Dolphins are doing here by taking Justin Herbert and then beefing up the defensive end of things, Absolutely. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Seahawks not trading out of the first round for once, <laughs> uh, taking YGM, and you're welcome to pronounce his uh, name if you want. Defensive end for Penn State. <laughs> Give it a shot. Uh, Yatur Gross uh, Matos. Gross. Gro- yeah. Okay. <laughs> we gave it a shot. You know, uh, a lot of people are comparing him to Yannick. In fact, I, I think this guy is going to be uh, really good. You know, 12, 12 sack a season kind of guy. So that's. Can't argue with that, and especially if they do keep Clowney, that's a that's a terrifying uh, bookend of, of defensive ends for sure. Especially for the Eagles. So at number twenty eight, <laughs> the Ravens take Patrick Queen, a linebacker that I thought was going to go much earlier again. Yes, yeah, he's a uh, he's a first rounder for sure. Uh, but God, it's, I don't know what it is with the Ravens, man. They always take these linebackers Dude, in the first round. I think round. your Packers should have traded up to 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 take him. That's it's been talked about. That's that's for sure. But uh, Queen. He, he fits right in with that Ravens kind of uh, mentality. They always draft these linebackers in the first round, and they always end up being Hall of Famers, or, like, really, really good. So they really do pan out. I don't know why. It's, like, different GMs, different head coaches, different... Everything different. The it's Ravens. So I'm going to take a stab at it. I think it's because the SEC offenses, by and large, are harder to read because they're pro-style offenses, right? Could, could be. And yeah. so line the, the LSU linebacker winds up reading offenses that translate better into the NFL. Yeah, that's, that's and, an interesting And this point. actually plays into to my advocacy of Troy Dye. Sure. Where he's not reading the same defense. He's reading some really good defenses. Or right. Really good offenses, don't get me wrong. But it's not the same as a guy who has to play in this championship game and read that offense. Yeah, you know? yeah that's a fair point. Yeah. All right, next up we got uh, the Titans taking Jeff Gladney. Uh, Jeff, I haven't heard of this guy before now, Gladney, cornerback for TCU. Yeah, everybody's mocking them to go corner. Uh, some some folks have uh, Christian Fulton even falling to them. So, so you just, think this is just, just them taking the best corner available given the ones that have gone off the board pro- Probably so. It's it's absolutely a need. You know, they, they've got their whole uh, Derrick Henry situation they got to sort out where mm-hmm. he, he wants... Uh, a Zeke contract, and we'll see if anyone's dumb enough to give that to a running back again. Yeah. All right. We'll the see. 30th overall pick is going to be announced by my man, producer of World Announced Sports, Kevin McCormick. <clears throat> bada boom, bada boom. With the 30th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. <laughs> Sorry. The Green Bay Packers select Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, Louisiana State University. Uh, I think Jefferson's going to be a great pro. I, I'm totally happy with this pick. We've been looking for uh, a bookend for Devontae for years. MVS occasionally shows flashes. Gmo, uh, the Detroit Lions, just threw millions of dollars at him. 
How about the Lizard? Good game? luck with that. Lizard is fantastic. I think he's naturally a three. But you get a guy like Justin Jefferson on the field, and suddenly Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going, thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Because you get double coverage on Justin Jefferson, and suddenly these other very talented receivers find themselves open. Yes. We, we don't have to see Aaron make that uh, scowl of consternation at, G- <laughs> at, at GMO ten times a game anymore. Uh, the next pick at number 31 with the Denver Broncos, I actually really like this. Uh they traded their number 46 and number 83 picks to the 49ers in order to get this. And I love it because they take Denzel Mims, that's whose great. draft stock has freaking tripled since uh, the Combine. Yeah, I, I see him uh, mocked as low as like the mid, mid to low second also. So yeah, that's that's interesting that he's in the first round and Jalen Rager is not. If, if you put Jalen Rager on this and kick Denzel to the uh, second round, I equally wouldn't be surprised. But... I do like the pick. It is the right pick for them. I think certainly. Denzel Mims is a sleeper. Like if you were to, and he's not a sleeper at this point, but if someone were to pick Denzel Mims in the first round, I think they're going to find that it will never be criticized as a reach as his play bears out. But yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. And next up, we have the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs uh, selecting Jalen Johnson, quarterback from Utah. And when you have Pat Mahomes and all the weapons they do, you're going to go for defense for sure. What needs do they have? <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like know. the Saints pick. Like, like, <laughs> right. well, I, I guess we'll take somebody. <laughs> yes. How about you, Jalen? I, I don't know a ton about Jalen Johnson, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's believable for sure. If they have a need, it's probably in the defensive secondary. So and, and that makes th- sense. To this me. to me feels like one of those all the cornerbacks that whose names we've heard of have been taken, which is why they're taking the next best cornerback. You know, and this is essentially a great second round pick, right? End of the first round. Yeah, more or less, more or less. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for our review of the Locked On NFL Network's mock draft. I was joined by Kevin McCormick, uh, producer of Rolling Down Sports. Hey, Kevin, where can they find you on YouTube and other social media? How can oil be negatively priced? U.S. oil prices crash through zero dollars and go negative. Crude for May delivery settled at negative $37.63 a barrel. I don't understand that. I'm still paying $3 for gas, bro. <laughs> I want to be paying negative $3. Like, hey, pay me to take take to put gas in my car. <laughs> right. Oh, what was the question? The question was, how can the uh, good listeners find you on social media? Remember, Kevin McCormick may not be number one on our depth charts, but he's definitely number one in our hearts and minds. And you can always find him on Twitter at Alcduclarus. That's at A-U-C-T-O-R-C-L-A-R-U-S. That means World Renowned Historian in Latin. That's the kind of guy Kevin is. Thank you very much, Kevin. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Peace out, Duck Nation. All right. Remember to follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Ducks. I'm Jordan Long, your host. You can follow me on Twitter, at The Dust Off Guy. And I would love for you to leave comments and do our Mailbag Mondays or our Mailbag Wednesdays, or hell, if I get a single comment out there at AskLodPod, that's hashtags AskLODPOD, we'll address it on Friday if we have to. Have a great day, stay healthy, stay safe, and remember to stay happy and social distance properly, and go Ducks! (laughs) 